Heidi has two cats and makes <laughs> bad decisions. Yeah. Hey, now. So. <laughs> this is very true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Could this explain and I, everything? And I do want more cats, but it's my husband that's preventing me from getting more cats. So, Or maybe it's, it's the, the parasite in your brain that's it's probably the parasite. promoting that idea. <laughs> it's the parasite. I'm basically just a flesh suit yeah. for the parasite so right now. So it can further replicate. Yeah. <laughs> Science, a podcast in which we interview graduate students using pop culture references as a talking point. We'll discuss the science behind your favorite movies, games, and TV shows. Each episode will feature a new topic and guest who will answer questions from you guys, our wonderful listeners. I'm Heidi, and today I'm here with Anne. Hi, guys. Um, and today we have Evan with us. Hello. Hello, Evan. How do you say your last name? Ratsan? Ratsan. I'm not actually sure, so I'll go with that. <laughs> okay. Correct <laughs> pronunciation. That's how I've been saying it. Sweet. So you're a neuroscience graduate student here at the university. That's correct. Can you tell us a little bit about your research? Sure. Uh, I work in Michael Dean's lab in the Department of Surgery, Division of Otolaryngology, and I study the development of the inner ear, specifically uh, the vestibular system, which controls our sense of um, movement in space, acceleration, uh, so sense of gravity, uh, pretty important for daily life, pretty critical for just about everything you're going to do. All right. And today our topic with Evan is going to be the walking dead and right. zombies and all the scary. I've never seen walking dead because it looked kind of scary and gross. It and is pretty gross. It's real is it? I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so could you guys catch me up on the four plus seasons that have been going on? Well, what if we just talked about the first season? Yeah, yeah that's okay. going to be easier. I tried to catch up by marathoning the first four and I don't recommend that to anybody. No. It's, yeah. it's pretty dark. I'm pretty jumpy as it is. I don't For need sure. any encouragement <laughs> yeah. so well so the yeah. walking dead like a lot of um things in the zombie genre explores uh sort of a post-apocalyptic world in which there's a some kind of a sickness that's infected a bunch of different people and once you're uh, infected with this sickness you become this uh lurching walking dead person that is hmm. feeding on the flesh of other people nice. but uh Probably the more disturbing part about all these are the interpersonal conflicts that arise between people when there's like a collapse of government due to so many different people being infected uh, and then right. how to deal with people that are infected and mm -hmm. it, chaos ensues. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And even people being forced to survive, like what means they'll go to to survive. Right. And then what happened, you know, the sort of status of people as humans who are infected. Are they still people or if mm -hmm. you know they're going to okay. become this... Huh. This huge problem for the remaining survivors. How do you deal with that? Mm -hmm. So it gets pretty dark pretty quickly. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. It's pretty dark. It's, it look, it, I saw like a little clip of it and I was like, that's probably enough. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty gruesome, it seemed. Yeah. Not like sunshine rainbows. No, there's like, lots of blood, blood and guts. Yeah. When it was surprisingly, it's based on a comic and the comic is like we were talking about earlier. It's a, it's a lot more disturbing than the stuff that they could actually put oh. on AMC. So <laughs> believe it or not, it's the toned down version. And uh, yeah, in the main character is is the same for the most part the first season follows the story the same way which is this uh he's this police officer in georgia rick grimes who 
gets shot in uh, a conflict responding to like a tra- traffic call where some people have like a stolen car and he basically wakes up in a hospital and the whole inmateus rest type of thing where you as the reader or the viewer of the TV show is uh, thrown into this situation where it's already a bit past the spreading okay. of this disease and he's figuring out like what what's happened or hmm. trying to piece it together because he's basically mm-hmm. stumbling out of a hospital very yeah. confused as to what happened with the world around him. Yeah. Well, yeah. Dark place to start. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be a pretty scary world to just wake up to. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think I'm going to go well, Especially in a, a hospital's not a great place to wake up no, in general. No, to begin with, yeah. yeah. But then also... It just be, goes downhill yeah. from there. Yeah. yeah. There's just a pile of dead flowers next to your bed and the door's locked. It's not good. Yeah. 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 So the rest of the show kind of follows this group of people like his wife, his ex-partner, um, and like his kid and some other people, like how they try to survive the zombie apocalypse. I guess they're called walkers in The Walking yeah, Dead. Yeah, so yeah. could you tell me, like, the walkers, uh-huh. what, just a little bit about them, what, how did they become walkers? Oh, and, yeah. There's okay. a bunch of different interpretations of zombies. And this one's, uh, it's they leave it kind of vague as to exactly how the zombie uh, pandemic started. Oh, okay. Right? They're, <laughs> especially for from the perspective of Rick, which is sort of what you're left with, there's already zombies everywhere. There's already kind of dead bodies everywhere. Hmm. And um, as he's kind of walking out of the hospital, you can see they set up some kind of emergency operations center that didn't work out well. He sees like remnants of, of military that didn't work out well. So it's not clear exactly how out of control it got or where it started. And none oh, okay. of that is made exactly clear, hmm. which kind of gives them a, a bit of ability to play between different types of science fiction relating to it. Because mm-hmm. they don't have to commit to like, yeah, one. it's a sense. bad flu type of situation. Yeah. yeah. Huh. So he just wakes up in the middle of a shit show, basically. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> oh man, what's going on? I mean, and <laughs> if you know about zombie lore, there's other, there's other types of zombies and other, other films and things like that, where they make it more clear early on, like 28 days later, it's, it's like a lab experiment gone mm-hmm. wrong. And even throughout this, uh, the comic and the series of Walking Dead, it's not exactly obvious what started it. Hmm. And even when they ask sort of in the first season, they meet with experts at the CDC eventually. Mm-hmm. And it's never really made completely clear what started it, just uh, how bad it's gotten and some of the things they've tried to uh, address it. I, I could say that. So there's like consistent things in uh, for the, the walkers or some some people call them biters in, in Walking Dead, but all of them are zombies. And one thing is mm-hmm. consistent is if you get bitten, you get a fever if you survive the bites. Hmm. And like within a day or like I think even hours, he says, you're going to start to have... Uh, hallucinations you're going to start to have your bones are going to hurt your joints are going to hurt and then Gosh, eventually it just sounds like how i feel sometimes yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Think, of, think of like the worst flu like i you've might ever be had. a zombie already <laughs> I, just yeah. didn't re- I just thought i was like really tired <laughs> yeah. oh man joint pain i'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah. back away then <laughs> yes seriously and you're kind of foaming a little this bit. is like how i find out <laughs> i'm like oh wait interesting oh, you say it's a tv check, show check it's <laughs> yeah. a documentary uh, <laughs> We've been hanging out of my house. <laughs> Just didn't realize. Doesn't everyone shed their skin? What? Yeah. <laughs> what? Pretty standard. You're normal day to day. I think the part that would majorly depart from all of that is uh, after all those horrible symptoms and you die, uh. <laughs> you come back to life and feed on the flesh of humans. Uh, not quite at yes. that point. Yeah, that's not really Subtle normal. difference. Very specific okay. symptoms. So you die from being bitten and yeah. then you become a zombie. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then, I mean, it goes a little further, but later on, it's revealed that if uh, if you die at all from anything, you come back as this. Oh. 
So, so just don't a, die and you spo- won't be a that's zombie. That's the spoiler alert. Yeah, as long yeah. as you don't die, you're good. But I mean, if you dive in, you die of a gunshot wound, you die of old age, you're going to come huh. back as a, as a zombie. Yeah. Um, that yeah, does kind sound of a dark. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's not something to look forward to. <laughs> but, you know, it makes coming into the lab in the morning early, you're like, this is... This is so bad. No, I it could be worse. Yeah. I, right. I could yeah. be dead. Right. I could be a zombie. Yeah. Yeah. You're like. Do zombies know that they're zombies? Ooh, that's a good question. Are they question. like self-aware? It's they... actually a debate that goes on in in the show between okay, scientists right. and characters too. That's. Uh, I, I'd say the the answer is. It almost is that it doesn't matter, right? Because yeah. it doesn't I mean, benefit you as a living person yeah, to believe yeah. that. Because yeah. if you do, you can get into some hairy situations, which right. happens to the people who do. Yeah. But a lot of people, like uh, in later seasons, are actually trying to experiment with whether or not the uh, these living dead retain memories or can respond to hmm. um, mm-hmm. environmental cues and things like that. Yeah. I'd say generally it looks like probably not. Yeah. They look like uh, they're just... Want to eat people? Yeah, that's pretty much. That's all. <laughs> Their that's going only on. motivated behavior yeah. is yeah. eating people. Yeah, yeah. And actually, uh, the yikes. way season one ends, when they go to the CDC, they talk to a scientist on like what exactly is happening in the brain when a zombie oh. is being formed, and they said that according to the scientist, um, the person dies. And then they come back to life, so they're resurrected. And the only thing in the brain that's reactivated is actually the brainstem. Oh, okay. Yeah. I should write down a quote. He says. Uh, it invades the brain like meningitis, the adrenal glands hemorrhage, the brain huh. goes into shutdown, and then uh, then the major organs, and then death. And he says it takes between three minutes and eight hours before the resurrection occurs. And it could be parasitic, microbial, fungal, viral. They don't know the cause. Oh, they don't know. And, uh, huh. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, so how likely is it that someone could survive with just their brainstem activated? So if you look at uh, evolutionary phylogeny, like other species, which we do a lot in neuroscience, especially developmental biology, which I, I study a lot, um, there are brain structures that are consistent from lower vertebrates all the way to upper. And so mm-hmm. the most important ones are the ones that are conserved the most, like the brainstem. Mm-hmm. And it's because it controls some of the most important functions for your survival. Um, things like feeding behavior mm-hmm. are controlled by the brainstem, your... Um, you also have uh, autonomic function, things that you don't think about or have to focus on. Mm-hmm. The heart rate, um, breathing, sleeping, all these are stuff that mm-hmm. have to happen automatically. And so a lot of that is um, not only controlled by the brainstem, but is similar in other species. They also have to have that function. You think of like an alligator has to have a brainstem, a mm-hmm. fish has to have a brainstem. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas higher level hominids and primates and stuff, they also have a brainstem, but they also have all this other frontal uh, cortical area, big, big frontal brain for planning and making decisions uh, that's unique. Okay. So, so that's what, not active in these walkers. Yeah, that's what uh, okay. this scientist says. He's like, yeah, all that shuts down. And huh. basically you just okay. have brainstem, which kind of makes sense when you look at what their strong behaviors are. Like they have mm-hmm. this huge drive to feet. All they do is basically eat people. Yeah. You can't have a conversation with them. Right? <laughs> They're not like they don't really plan do it. Asking, out. Yeah, yeah, about how your weekend was. No. <laughs> pretty, pretty one track mind. Just want to eat yeah. things. <laughs> yeah, which is uh, that's probably the dark part where they're like, uh, when people are experimenting on, on them later on, I'm like, well, do they know they're zombies? Right? That yeah, question. yeah. And you look at him trying to like, let's see if we can like ring a bell and see if he remembers. And it's yeah. just trying to eat the guy the whole time. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. okay, do you know who I am? Like, <laughs> I eat him the whole time. That would be so frustrating maybe as a researcher. Maybe it's because he's tied up. I think yeah. if we untie him, it's like, no. 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 
I'm pretty sure he just wants to eat you. He probably just wants a hug. Interesting. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Huh. So could these like random walker zombie things, is this, could this happen? You said like we have brain stems. Right. Yeah. Well, everything has a brain stem and it's critical for survival. And if you remove parts of the the frontal cortex, you can still have some of these functions operate. Um, Mm -hmm. And there's scientific experiments where they do these preparations but whether or not you could have a pandemic that targets the brainstem specifically uh it seems unlikely there Mm -hmm. are a lot of weird and infectious type diseases that uh can spread as uh, very rapidly Hmm. in the way that uh, this zombie pandemic would spread Uh and there's a lot of them that are uh, neurotropic viruses or funguses or things that um affect the the function of the central nervous system so it's it's not unreasonable that you could have uh, a bunch of people infected with some type of thing that's going to affect their brain function okay mm-hmm. so but what like, like yeah. what are some examples of these diseases so, yeah so there's a bunch of there's a bunch of cool ones that range like <laughs> wide range <laughs> a bunch of cool ones. yeah I, I don't know why it's pretty dark to be fascinating it's, <laughs> it's fascinating when things yeah, go wrong I, I think so when things go well it's also i mean it's not exactly my specific area of study but you you hear about them and it when i the more i read about um especially like viruses mm-hmm. it's it's almost like the people who wrote these zombie related uh stories may have known about some of these mm. symptoms and hmm. a lot of them are obvious and, and some of them are, are kind of more rare but the the flavoviridae viral family if i'm saying that right <laughs> uh so a lot of these are like west nile virus you've probably heard oh, of yeah, zika virus you've probably zika, heard of yeah. um they're known to infect the central nervous system and cause a, a bunch of problems with not only inflammation and problems with your immunity but it has a lot of the same symptoms that they have when they're bit by uh, zombies. You get a fever, you get a headache, you get a rash, uh, hmm. and like weird. You can get convulsions and paralysis and mm-hmm. weird motor patterns that aren't aren't great. Um, vomiting, joint pains is a big one that's associated with uh, dengue fever, which is also in this mm. category of okay. uh, viruses. Hmm. And so dengue also fits this uh, description in some ways because it's. It spreads really rapidly. There's like mm-hmm. 50 million plus people that can get infected with dengue in a year. Wow. Oh, how and, does it spread? Uh, that one's spread by bites, but from mosquitoes. Oh, so okay. hmm. um, Mosquito you can get zombies. all of these from mosquitoes. <laughs> Z- Zika virus, West yeah. Nile. It's not, huh. it's not people biting you, but you know, viruses mutate. Still getting bit. Right? Yeah. If you're yeah. going to use your imagination, you could imagine if you had a human. Yeah, human host. Human and, host strain and yeah. they start biting people. But in terms of it spreading <laughs> rapidly and causing those symptoms, there's a whole oh. bunch of viruses like that that spread. And especially the the joint and muscle pains. There's this character, Jim, in the first season who's like, he's like, oh, it feels like broken glass or something in my joint. And that's, hmm. you know, almost verbatim some of the descriptions of patients with late-stage huh. dengue experience. Really? Yeah. It, it's pretty painful, uh, pretty awful. And it spreads super rapidly, mostly in, like, sort of tropical areas. So mm. if you were to look at a map spread yeah, out, you'd yeah. see... A ton of them all in the tro- the tropics, and then as you go super far north, super far south, basically mm-hmm. never happens. But this takes place in Georgia, okay. so there's probably a lot of mosquitoes. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, mosquitoes. yeah. So I mean, stuff like that. If you're gonna have some weird virulent strain that's gonna spread all over the place, it wouldn't. It's not out of the realm of possibility hmm. that mm-hmm. one of these could could infect. Um, that's 
actually, have you ever? This isn't relevant, but <laughs> yeah, there's a game Plague, and have you ever played that? Pandemic. Before? Oh yeah. Well, I no, don't know. no, there's another no, game. A different game. There's, there's another okay. game. But basically, you are like a virus yeah. or something, uh, okay. and you get to choose where you want to start. And the yeah. best places to start that like spread very yeah. rapidly are usually tropical areas. Yeah. Yeah. You want it so. warm and then moist. Yeah. The same thing to replicate. And like a lot of traffic, like planes or boats or whatever makes so sense if you ever wanted to be a virus <laughs> that's where you would start. and spread as quickly as possible <laughs> go viral yeah uh, no, <laughs> no, i'm just kidding <laughs> yeah i mean but. so i mean if you somehow if these were somehow able to be transferred from people biting and it happened super duper fast i guess it could happen yeah. Uh, but none of yeah. these diseases lead to people wanting to eat other people, right? No, nor do they specifically target the brainstem. Um, Interesting. They're, the reason that I sort of brought them up is because the Zika virus, if it's transmitted through um, saliva, right, or, or blood from a... It could, it could transfer from a human to another human. Mm -hmm. And uh, in pregnant women who have Zika, you can have... Um, microcephaly problems with brain development mm -hmm. so basically the frontal portion of the brain doesn't form correctly and also shrinks same thing with oh, the sensory yeah. cortexes or cortices associated with um, hearing and, and uh, seeing things mm -hmm. so what you're kind of left with that didn't shrink i guess is the pons medulla stuff in the brain stuff yeah hmm. um so it's, it's kind of analogous i think that what's Probably more similar is there's a, another virus that almost everybody's familiar with, which is rabies. Oh, yeah. 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 And uh, in this whole category, there are, I think, lysoviruses or lysoviruses. And basically, any kind of infected warm-blooded mammal can carry the virus, mm -hmm. and it replicates in the salivary glands. So when you, you bite, uh, or like a dog bites you, a rabid dog oh, bites yeah. you, then it will infect your peripheral neurons and actually mm -hmm. retrograde transfer meaning it goes backwards from mm -hmm. one you know, like post ganglionic neuron out in your arm or leg goes back to the spinal cord up the wow. spinal cord of the brain wow uh and similar symptoms to headache fever paranoia hallucinations anxiety you get confused you're stumbling mm -hmm. around and by the time you have these symptoms you're gonna die basically yeah. hmm. they have to know that you're at risk for rabies and treat it pretty much immediately or they're in a lot of trouble so the fast spread is sort of consistent. The fact mm -hmm. that it's carried by a mammal that could bite you is consistent. Mm -hmm. But there's almost no rabies deaths. I think there's no rabies deaths in North America annually or close to not recently. Very I low. know that's happened. That. Oh, for <laughs> yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, it, but it, like mostly, it's in uh, under like developing countries. I thought. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say. I thought I just read about a guy I would guess being like, in Utah being bit by a bat. Yeah. So it's definitely. It I don't think carried he died. by. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. carried by uh, bats, voles, like dogs, monkeys, like pretty much oh, anything no. can carry it. Utah man dies he of died. rabies after getting bit by a bat <gasps> in November 2018. Oh, man. November? Yeah. I thought the I plague just is upon saw us. that. Damn yeah. it, it's happening. <laughs> the zombies. Lock the, bat the door. Zombies. <laughs> so the nice thing about it here is you but have access to... But it was an anomaly, to, for sure. Like, right, yeah. well, because yeah, you have definitely. access and people are hopefully educated about it. You, you can get treated for it. When I went to Nicaragua to do some, some teaching stuff, they were like, okay, you know, not a lot of people could get rabies there, but if you get bit, you have to evacuate the country immediately because they oh. don't have the vaccines there. They don't have the oh, treatments or anything. Wow. It's just like... Get anything bites you, hmm. get the fuck yeah, out. Yeah, you're like, oh, <laughs> if you get bit. That's usually my reaction, though, to be fair. Yeah, if I got like, bit by something, I wouldn't be like, oh, this is, this is this fine. This is fine. <laughs> <laughs> this is something I signed up yeah, for. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, don't touch dogs, check. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I so, had a friend actually get bit in a climbing competition that outside by a bat. So uh, similar thing. And he had to go and get, I think, yeah. I forget exactly what happened, but he said he had to get a series of painful injections. Oh, I bet. Yeah. yeah. He just put his hand into a little well, pocket especially like, now. Oh, okay. Well, and there's I've a bat heard... hiding in there. He just had a thumb oh, in his home. Said... Oh. For some reason, I thought you said that's how they're administering the vaccinations. Yeah, like, you just put your just hand, put your hand in that box. No, no. Don't question it. <laughs> we'll just poke you a lot. It's just another bat biting. <laughs> <laughs> The multiple times the anti bat that's the yeah. trick gotta get six or seven bites yeah <laughs> we get enough rabies yeah. until <laughs> surely he'll cure okay. <laughs> so i have heard though like for rabies for example the animals that are infected with the rabies virus are like unnaturally aggressive so like bats just don't yeah. attack people like it's only yeah. with like the rabies virus promoting that sort of behavior and then it gets spread to other animals which is crazy that a virus could like take over an animal and change its behavior so it can reproduce for sure yeah that's scary and then i think in like people present with different symptoms but they also in late stages will have uh i think like you it, it transitions from that crazy anxiety and like hallucination and aggression and weird behavior to eventually like paralysis and coma mm. so once you're really late in it you're just not you're not moving mm. at all yeah uh and then some people i think probably get to that stage earlier but there's a, they call it hydrophobia because yeah. I guess when it replicates in your salivary glands, if you try to drink, you get these like painful muscle spasms in your larynx huh. when you're trying to swallow. Huh. And it, it kind of makes sense from the perspective of the virus. If you're this virus trying to infect people, yeah. you don't want to dilute your, your titer, how concentrated it is. Yeah, so crazy. if they're drinking a bunch of water, uh, you do a 10,000 fold dilution on the saliva and they bite somebody, they might not get infected. But hmm. if, okay. if it's spasmatic and they're just having this dry foaming mouth then when you bite it's like a very concentrated high level of virus gosh mm -hmm. my like first knowledge of like rabies was as hydrophobia in the movie old yeller oh yeah i don't know if you guys yeah. saw that movie. i saw old That's yeller it was so sad yeah i know <laughs> if you watch that you can definitely handle walking dead oh, okay. <laughs> yeah gosh i like still think about that movie once a week it was traumatized i saw it was, it was a sad. really young kid yeah no it's so oh, that it's that so whole having to like kill his own dog thing it's mm. based that theme is like every <laughs> other episode. For the every, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, every season yeah, somebody's got to kill somebody. Yeah. So yeah. Walking Dead was like, let's make Old Yeller, but even like every times episode. 100. I mean, basically you're looking at like, okay, if we had that same issue, but it was spreading rapidly and there were yeah. zombies everywhere. Then, and there are people. They're and everyone's your dogs. puppy. And everybody's oh, trying gosh. to survive. Like somebody's going to get bit. Once yeah. they get bit, you're like, what are we going to do? Yeah. We're just going to wait it out yeah. or we're going to get rid of them. Gosh. Yeah. Not not an easy choice. Yeah, definitely not. Ugh. So um, I remember a few years ago, there was a big craze in the news about um, mad cow disease. Yeah. Is that a zombie-like disease? Yeah, it's a good one to bring up, Heidi. There's a whole you, class Evan. of things called spongiform encephalopathies, huh. uh, which are distinct from the viruses that we talked about because they're caused by... Um, Basically, mad cows specifically you're talking about was from cows eating contaminated bone meal from mm. uh, it had sheep meat in it that was uh, infected with scabies. Mm. But at the end of the day, what really causes all, all these problems is these uh, the sheep are, were immunocompromised and you get these weird oh. protein misfolding huh. problems oh. that happen. Yeah. And so uh, for people out there who aren't super up to speed on basic biology uh in your cells you have uh rna that 
or DNA that turns to RNA, RNA that turns into proteins. And the proteins, for them to go function, they're folded into these kind of tight little packages so that they can then be um, placed and then modified and used in their correct contexts. So you can think of it maybe as an analogy as if you're trying to fold maybe gift wrap or something. Mm -hmm. Nicely folded gift wrap around a package is going to get it to its destination just fine. Everybody's going to be happy with it. But if it's a really crappy wrap job and it's all <laughs> torn up and the package is falling out of the box, it's not going to work. Maybe it gets damaged. Yeah. You're not going to be able to use the gift. Yeah. It's the same thing with uh, with protein folding. If, if it's folded correctly, the protein functions. But if it's not, it can have this infectious-like quality. And there's they're called preton, sorry, prions. Mm -hmm. Prions are... Uh, protonaceous infectious particles hmm. and so mad cow disease basically happened because uh eating this this contaminated sheep bone meal caused mm -hmm. them to get these misfolded proteins which aggregate in their uh in their central nervous system again it's similar to some of the symptoms that you would see in let's say let's compare all these to zombie symptoms right um you get hind limb ataxia so the oh. cows won't walk properly they're swaying all weird which is how zombies walk <laughs> yeah. zombie cows. loss of muscle control so oh. you can see zombies trying to chase people and they kind of grab them or, or they're trying to open doorknobs yeah. they can kind of do it like sometimes awkward. but it's it's not like clean i mean yeah. it takes me a second to open a doorknob i don't like fumble with it for <laughs> a bunch of amateurs <laughs> just because i'm real hungry or These something cows can't open doors yeah. cows. <laughs> <laughs> aggression anxiety nervousness frenzy uh, all those, yeah. right? If you're so. freaking out trying to eat people. Uh, and then excessive licking, they say. Excessive which, licking, really? Yeah, which... Uh, of themselves or of other cows? I don't... I didn't look too far <laughs> into it, Indiscriminate licking, maybe. I, I would imagine of themselves. <laughs> but if you've ever seen a cow chewing cud, they kind of do that anyway. So I feel like excessive's got to be a lot of licking. <laughs> like, this is too much, cow. Yeah. I mean, so there's a, there's another spongiform encephalopathy that it, that's infects uh, deer called chronic wasting disease. Oh. And that one, it's a similar deal caused by prions where if they eat infected meat, they get these uh, prions in their brain. But they, instead of having uh, excessive licking, they're like, like drooling everywhere. It's really? like leaking out of their mouth all over the place. Mm -hmm. If you look up pictures of chronic wasting disease, it's not like foaming at the mouth. It's like, like a waterfall of drool. Oh, God. <laughs> and it's... Again, it, it it kind of infects all over this the the vegetation they're eating and when they're where they're walking, and so it spreads really rapidly. And uh, it's actually become a pretty big concern because it's spread from contaminated grass in addition oh. to just the meat that they originally ate. That's really bad. And now there's deer that are infected like all over uh, Canada and Alberta, Nebraska, Colorado, Wyoming, hmm. most of like much of the Midwest and Wisconsin, and. Um, Similar type of things, salivation and grinding teeth as far as symptoms go. Huh. Um, but this it, doesn't affect humans? Well, I mean, I no, guess I'm not eating cow grass, disease but, was... And, yeah, and that's sort of the concern in all of these is like, what about people? And yeah. it's rare, I think, that people get infected with these. So what's Crutzfeld-Jacob disease? Is that yeah. like mad cow, but like the human version? or Because I heard about that a lot around the mad cow times. So. Yeah. So causally, it's similar, times. right? Because it's a, mm -hmm. a prion-related uh, disorder. But like I sort of explained earlier, you have DNA that forms RNA. RNA uh, makes proteins. And in the case of Kritzfeld-Jacobs uh, disease, it's a genetic mutation at the DNA level that causes problems in uh, the eventual transcription and translation and the translation steps where you get the misfolded proteins after mm -hmm. that. So mm -hmm. it's autosomal dominant, which means if you have a 
one dominant copy of the allele, either in your, your mother or your father, then you're going to exhibit the symptoms of, of the neurodegenerative disease, and you'll get accumulation of these, these prions. And probably, I don't think there is really a treatment. You're basically going to get um, dementia and involuntary I shouldn't say treatment. There's no cure, right? Mm -hmm. If you have uh, an inherited genetic disorder like that, you basically would have to edit it at the gene level, which mm. people are excited about nowadays. But I don't think anybody's really successfully intervened no. in these kind of things. I actually had one other sort of zombie-like disease. I've always heard there's like the um, archetype, I guess, of like the crazy cat lady <laughs> and like toxoplasmosis. Sure. So mm -hmm. that's sort of... Is there anything to that? <laughs> so Toxoplasma gondii is the one I'm uh, familiar with. Yeah, yeah. And I, I used to study, uh, I think, in context of like schizophrenia. And so it's in cat feces that also gets into their, their claws as well. And so when they hunt mice, it's advantageous uh, sort of symbiotic relationship for the cat because when mice are infected with it, they get kind of in this stumbly stupor where they're a lot easier to catch and eat. Oh, right. But it doesn't infect uh, cats the same way. They can kind of be a, a carrier for the virus without having any kind of symptoms. Mm -hmm. But then people are uh, at risk, particularly like pregnant females, if, mm. women, I don't know. Either way, <laughs> I'm used to dealing with mice on a regular basis. <laughs> so basically, uh, if somebody's women pregnant mice. and they're like changing the litter box or something, you, you yeah, could get yeah. infected. I've uh, heard and that. You're not so supposed to do that. You're not supposed mm -hmm. to do that. And then hmm. also I think it may not be, I think it may be a separate thing, but undercooked meat. There are other things that can be transferred to, mm -hmm. to the embryo. Mm -hmm. um, but there's also, there's a guy in Stanford, his name's escaping me, but I think he studies risk-seeking behavior relating to Toxoplasma gondii infection. And I think he found that there's like a positive correlation between your likelihood to get in like a motorcycle accident or a bar fight or something like uh, mm. very dangerous and risky and whether or not you actually have toxoplasmosis oh, okay. and so the thought was maybe it doesn't have the same type of symptoms elicited in people as it does in mice but is actually having some effect on a, a larger like hmm. frontal cortex structure that's oh. involved in planning and making good decisions and stuff huh. like that but so i mean that's all pretty yeah actually in all these zombie movies they always focus on the people but what's going on with the animals are they getting yeah. infected too uh, so yeah, I mean, if you look at, um, broader areas, so mm -hmm. I, I was a big fan of the game Resident Evil, which mm -hmm. also falls mm -hmm. off. Oh, yeah, and that right. one, yeah. you actually can get attacked by dogs that are that's infected. Right. Uh, yeah. and in that one, it, hmm. it can spread between different species and there's even like hybrid species and weird things going on. Yeah. I think they're in Walking Dead. I don't think there are any infected animals. It's pretty mm -hmm. much exclusive to people. Huh. Um, but interestingly, the zombies will eat animals. So animals definitely get bit the same way people huh. would. Uh, like, I think deer in the first season and then squirrels. So they, they don't seem to discriminate in what they're eating. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, but you don't see, like, zombie horses running around. That's true. Or, but also, or like, deer or anything like that. I guess this is getting too pedantic. But, like, if they're not alive like why do they need to eat anything yeah like yeah. what do they need sustenance for yeah. or energy yeah. so or, but are they do they need energy like the same way a regular alive people do i don't i just don't understand yeah. <laughs> what are their yeah. motivations yeah why, you're like why are they eating because we eat because yeah. we're hungry and, but maybe if yeah. they're just eating to spread a virus or well a i would i would counter that with i guess another question which would be do you have to be hungry in order to eat 
That's true. No. No. Definitely. And and can you, can you eat things <laughs> that do not, not provide you energy? Oh yeah. Oh the yeah. Pizza mm. that we have for dinner. Well, see, that's got calories in it. I'm thinking that there's like synthetic non-foods for people oh, yeah. who are overweight, Sweeters right? Where it, it satisfies your desire to taste, mm-hmm. but it doesn't actually offer you any caloric intake. Interesting. So this right. is a hedonic behavior. Well, <laughs> I would say no, right? Because you you can eat things that uh, don't necessarily benefit all that i, I guess if you're gonna have like seltzer water right <laughs> zero <laughs> calories or something you can eat and not be hungry so maybe they eat for a different reason but feeding behavior right yeah. depends on the brainstem which is why it's kind of clever of them to hmm. sort of rope it in there without explaining yeah. exactly what's going on and saying well the brainstem still works so they yeah, can still yeah. eat which is all they ever do <laughs> right and it, it's interesting if you look at lesions of the brainstem too because you have impaired function if it's damaged. So it's sort of the reciprocal of what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have a, this is, this is going to mean anything to anybody, but an extramedullary hypoglossal root lesion. Oh, okay, yeah, right? of course. You're going <laughs> to get and I were just impaired motor yeah. control of your tongue. <laughs> we were texting about that earlier. <laughs> so oh. your tongue will like not, it'll not stick hmm. out correctly. Oh. Uh, you can get an impaired gag reflex if you, hmm. uh, so a lot of, basically a lot of your cranial nerves are all near the brainstem, a lot of the important ones. And so the glossopharyngeal nerve, which is important hmm. for your gag reflex, will be impaired if you have a lesion in where mm. that nerve is mm. uh, connecting to the brainstem. Mm-hmm. You gotta have an impaired reflex for uh, vomiting and taste aversion. And you can imagine tongue movement, gag reflex, taste aversion. These are all things, uh, if it's damaged, you, you can't do any of those things. You're gonna have trouble eating. But they're saying that their brainstem's hyperactive, mm. right? So they're, so they're just, eating everything. That's all they're, oh, and interesting. potentially huh. things like that cause you to, to <laughs> find Basically, like gag reflex. If you're gonna eat something so disgusting that y- you have to get it yeah. out, you have a, a specialized control center for that in your brain stem, and mm. it's because we as mammals can make uh, feeding errors on a on occasion. <laughs> feeding errors. Right? Hopefully not <laughs> often. A nice way of saying. But I made you a correct error. accidentally <laughs> eating someone's guts That's or right. whatever <laughs> the zombie. Yeah, and so they have a, hi- a, a hyperactive era. ability <laughs> yeah. to to eat things and not gag and, and be grossed care. out. Mm-hmm. So I don't know uh, if they're really hungry. And they probably don't get a lot of caloric intake from eating raw meat uh, from other humans, but they huh. probably can handle it better because of the hyperactive brainstem. Wait, going back to zombies eating people, why don't zombies eat each other? Oh, yeah. Oh. Mm. If they're just trying to eat indiscriminately. Yeah. How are they telling the difference between the living and zombies? And the dead. Yeah. So I know in The Walking Dead, like, they cover themselves in guts. Yeah, it's like the second episode, which is interesting yeah. because uh, you'd think that they could, like, smell the difference then, right? Because that's mm-hmm. what they remark upon. They're yeah. hearing, like, dead bodies all of them. They're like, oh, this is wretched. <laughs> right? But if you don't have the gag reflex and all that mm-hmm. disgust stuff in your uh, that's controlled by your brainstem, then you're not going to respond to that. Hmm. So it's almost easier to see, like, they clearly can't see the difference because mm-hmm. the people covered in... in the slime and all that, they don't look like zombies. Yeah. So I, hmm. it's not immediately obvious. You basically are left like thinking, okay, they can probably smell the difference. So basically once they're revealed in the second episode, I guess, it, the rain washes off the guts and then it starts to become obvious that they're humans because the zombies start to kind of like, uh, I don't know. You, got, you don't smell like Phil. Wait right? a yeah. second. You're not Phil. <laughs> got bamboo. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm going to guess that they can smell people maybe, mm. but I don't know... I mean, those nerves are 
not yeah, rooted not in brainstem yeah. anatomy as far as I understand. I or, think that the way that people keep getting caught, and this is how everybody gets screwed, and this is like <laughs> what you would have to do if you're trying to evade it, is everybody, uh, they're very cautious about not letting zombies hear them. Oh. Every time they're going into buildings, be very careful. If they're checking mm-hmm. building, they're like pounding on the doors okay. before they go in to try mm-hmm. to get all the zombies to come. Yeah. So clearly like the zombies have the ability to localize sound. Mm-hmm. And since we study inner ear in my lab, I know that the vestibular nuclei and the cochlear Dorsocochlear nuclei are in the brainstem. Oh, so you so actually, that's yeah. I mean, you may not huh. be able to like appreciate music or compose, but you certainly <laughs> could turn your head to the right if there's a sound yeah. on the right, huh. or the whole uh, what is it called, the Doppler effect, right? Where you're like, oh yeah, yeah. And you go by, oh, and it, it's effects. like a siren yeah. gets louder as it's closer to the center of your uh, between your two ears. Hmm. The zombies seem to have that intact. Interesting. So I, originally, I was like, oh, they can just hear the difference. They hear people, and then actually they hear anything. They just lunge at it. Mm-hmm. And if it's another zombie, yeah. I was like, oh, they probably bite them too. But you don't see zombies eating each other in one yeah. hmm. So somehow they discriminate, and I guess they're implying it's through smell. The other thing that's kind of weird to me, though, is the gray area between us is you often see zombies, like, they took down a person, there's like 10 of them, and they just ate, like, the whole, whole shebang. Right? <laughs> there's, there's no person. And it's at a certain point, like if you can get infected, the guy says like three minutes to eight hours. At a certain point, that person died and became a zombie. Yeah. So if you're a zombie, oh, so like, oh, eating a person halfway through, you got to be like, I guess. Like, oh, I'm all set. Gross. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you. This is people. This I, is gross. I, I was hoping I was going to have a delicious meal of people. This yeah. tastes But you're one of me now, and this is not okay. <laughs> yeah. But they can't unethical. have gag and huh. disgust. How, yeah, then what, how they would even. What's going on? What if their gag and disgust just changes? Like what they find disgusting is just different. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, man, we clearly I don't need want to. I really don't want to speculate <laughs> on the taste, taste test, the taste test differences. Yeah, like yeah, subtle. Like I'm gonna put on this blindfold, and we're gonna, yeah. you're either tasting human cadaver <laughs> or like older, older human cadaver. Human. <laughs> yeah. You're like, yeah, that first one's way uh, better. <laughs> I have strong opinions yeah. about this. We have a question from Twitter. Um, oh. This is from Can't Make This Up podcast. Um, and they're asking, in theory, don't I just have to wait until winter? In Georgia? I'm not sure how cold it gets. Well, what if you're in the north? So that's, I would say, a very good strategy. You're trying to stay alive. <laughs> and according to that paper, what is it? Mathematical model of the zombie apocalypse? <laughs> you got three days. So, like, if I was here now, I mean... Cold winter in Utah is pretty good, but I'd probably be driving as fast as I could to Alaska. Yeah, so yeah. what if you got, like, the call right now? It was like, yeah. Evan, the whole society's broken down, the zombie apocalypse has started. Yeah. What's your, like, first move? I guess I'm, first I'm real surprised I got a phone call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, it's but, like, uh, barring that, like, whatever national strange guy who has my number, sure. <laughs> yeah. It's like the warning text. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Trump sends out or whatever. Yeah, you're like, how did you get my apocalypse. phone number? But. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, got it. <laughs> Code red or whatever. Yeah. It just gets tweeted out. I probably go, yeah, somewhere super cold is a smart move because mm-hmm. if we're assuming that they're, they still have to walk around. I mean, you see you see them hmm. stopped in mud and things like that. They're going to get okay. stuck in snow. They're going to get stuck in water. So I think if a zombie freezes solid, it's going to be less of a threat. Yeah. Or at the very least, even people. Uh, move slower if they're very very cold yeah. if you've ever had insanely cold hands and tried to like close your fist really fast it yeah. goes slow motion <laughs> and if that type of thing's trying to grab me then regardless of my strategy i'm better off and that's why uh, 
the whole thing takes place in Georgia and Walking Dead, they're screwed as far as I can tell. <laughs> I mean, I, I haven't been in a Georgia winter, but I'm going to guess it's not nearly as cold no. as like northern Canada. Definitely <laughs> not. So you're going, you would live in northern Canada. Yeah, yeah, oh. probably. Heidi, what would you do then if you were in a zombie apocalypse? Your survival strategy? The eternal question. Yeah, I don't think I would survive. I'm gonna Just be give up? <laughs> I really don't think I'd be able to survive. Actually, that leads to art. So we have a question from Twitter who is also um, one of our listeners was asking, would you survive a zombie apocalypse? I called your listener. It's Ari, who's our editor for the website. Nice. <laughs> it was at end air atena. Uh, you can find her on our website. Awesome. <laughs> um, oh, God, what would I do? I think I would follow Evan and go up north. <laughs> Let me start calling you every day. So like, Evan, have you gotten that phone call yet? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Has it started? Just send the migrate up north yeah. with Evan. I uh, can do some helpful uh, things. I can sew. Like, make clothes. Yeah, I like, I think uh, one of the movies, it's not really about zombies, but there's like contagion. And yeah. I always thought that was really interesting because they focus on like what happens when everyone panics and like mm. society breaks down. So like, how are you going to get up North? If, yeah, like, are you going to walk? For real. That's, that's the big question. And that's, <laughs> how are that's you gonna, what walking yeah. dead's main conflicts are like, yeah. yeah, it's creepy. People getting eaten, but the main conflicts are like, Oh no, there's no society. Yeah. yeah. You're right. If the highway gets blocked by a bunch of infected people, you run out yeah. of gas. What are you going to do? Like, yeah. <laughs> as I'm saying, I'm going to Canada. Or yeah. like, I don't know how efficiently. Yeah. Like, if I'm hoofing it on foot over mountain ranges where there's no people to bite me, then that's how it's got to be. But yeah. ultimately, once I get there, super Walk emaciated. North. Yeah. I don't know. Or safer. like, if the zombies don't get you, it's get cold in Utah. Yeah. Like, you got to have survival for, strategy for a to couple get of there. Us. Yeah. <laughs> but the cold's your friend, right? Like, I, I can, I can get in a sleeping yeah. bag okay. and then have. So like, you're gonna be like, just a second, zombies! I gotta go grab my sleeping bag. Well, <laughs> So, so I, I do a lot of ice climbing and high altitude mountaineering. So those okay. are all in bags. Ah, right? so I'm not preparing for the zombie apocalypse. I'm preparing for the weekend. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and then when I go have fun, the difference is like, oh, I don't get to come back. Well, mm. that's too bad. Ah. But when I'm in the bag and I'm all warmed up, I mean, yeah. it, it's not long before you go hypothermic and then freeze solid. So yeah. all I got to do is outweigh the zombies that don't have bags. Hopefully they're less of a like fanatic of ice climbing than you are then yeah. well, don't have bags ready to go <laughs> <laughs> i think even if they did right they they don't have great motor skills That's i'd true. be surprised if they mm. could a climb but b get in a sleeping bag okay. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> also the forethought to do so probably not the, yeah. the real worry in these as you sort of mentioned is people mm-hmm. yeah. I, avoiding a zombie I'm not going to say it's straightforward. There's a lot of them, but it's more straightforward than uh, evading people who still have a frontal cortex. Yeah, yeah that's that true. want your sleeping bag. They're more unpredictable. Yeah, that want your food yeah. and your right, sleeping exactly. Bag. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone for themselves mentality. Would yeah. Or if Heidi's like right behind you also oh, trying oh, to get yeah, Canada. Oh, yeah. I'm not worried about that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, now. He's like, I'm following you. Evan. I'm following you. Evan, wait. You're going too fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Slow down. Let's all just take a water break. <laughs> Gosh, yeah, I don't know if I would be able to survive either. Yeah, I what think, about you, Anne? What are you going to do? I don't know. Well, Utah's, like, known for their, like, preppers. Oh, like, that's society. right. So yeah. I might just that's stay in point. Utah, but stay in one of those, like, bunkers and oh. try and wait it out there. You have a bunker? I don't, but I could break into someone's house. <laughs> yeah. You like the people who happen. prep for bunkers? Are not the <laughs> kind of people that you're going to be able there. to catch the drop on? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. Or maybe I just try and convince them to also that let might me work. Get yeah. In. Like try and appeal to their sense of 
You need a friend with a bunker is what you need. Yeah, yeah. so if anyone has a bunker out there. Yeah, <laughs> Anne's looking for a friend. That would let me just take all their food. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's yeah, also, I so when does Michonne show up? Did you did you ever see Michonne? Yeah, she, so I don't think she's in the first season. No, uh, she's like third or fourth. Third season is. Yeah, so she's someone who just like flourishes in yeah. this world. Because she oh, like really? takes two zombie basically like she was waiting assistants. For yeah, she cuts off their like jaws. And so they carry what? all of her bags for her. Why? Yeah, they, can't, they can't bite if they don't have jaws. Yeah, and but why do they do what she, she wants? Like, she has them on chains and she just oh, pulls okay. them around. <laughs> yeah, she's just so cool. And huh. then she cuts their arms off too so they can't grab her. Oh yeah, her. that's right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But also it's like a deterrent because other zombies see yeah. like zombies all around her uh-huh. and they're like, they don't notice that she's a human. Yeah. Interesting. I would just, just them. I don't so know she's living her best life. Yeah, basically. <laughs> she was like apocalypse. made for this world. Like, oh man. I wonder so, how long you huh. can last though with yeah. that type of mentality. Because it's solid if you can like run fast and fight zombies well. Uh, but to your point, mm-hmm. like eventually you're going to start having to like filter and clean water and like That's yeah. repair just clothing. Basic survival. Basic survival. First aid. Like hopefully you have all of those skills. Yeah. If you're if you're the type of person who has a lot of them, you're probably better off. Like mm-hmm. I'm, That's I'm probably in a, in a fairly good spot for a lot of these, <laughs> yeah. but not the best. I mean, it, two three years out, it's like you're going to start running into having to rebuild small social yeah. things where if you're like, I don't know about get an infected you know. tooth. Or yeah, like, yeah oh, exactly. You know, like, I don't know how to do dentistry on myself. Yeah, it's not a. I saw in Castaway, he just used ice skates to get oh, that that's tooth true. out. It's probably a good strategy. <laughs> I'm getting fillings clean. in a couple weeks, but maybe mm. I'll just get an ice skate. You should. Yeah, definitely cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, I feel like it wasn't sterilized or like. No. Well, no. he did flame. It. Wait, did he? Have, he had fire at that point. Yeah, so he oh. flamed it at the very least. Okay. You can sterilize it. Then <laughs> if I've known anything from my cell culture days, it's that nothing's ever sterile ever. Yeah, <laughs> like, especially impossible your mouth. to sterilize. <laughs> yeah, your mouth is disgusting. So if you were in a zombie apocalypse and you weren't in Canada yet, how would you yeah. kill a zombie? Like if they're all attacking you, what's the best route of yeah incapacitating one? That's <laughs> so the common theme in all the zombie lore is you got to destroy the brain. Uh, hmm. And. What's weird in the series is they're often like they'll stab in the front of the head with like a knife. It happens like hundreds of times. Which but is if, not where the brain stem exactly. is. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> if you gotta destroy the brain stem, yeah. you gotta go through that the back there. Yeah. But then also when they when they they'll decapitate them with like a okay. samurai sword or something. So if you could do a clean cut through the neck where you disconnect the brain stem for the rest of the body, the head's still alive trying to bite. Mm. So that doesn't work either. Mm-hmm. So it seems like you really gotta oh. smash the brain stem in the back of the head. Oh. It's probably the safest option. Which they start employing later on. They start kind of kind of going behind the ear and stuff like that. But like, the brain is designed to be protected from these type of things. You know, we have a skull. We have like a thick dura mater that's like a leathery bag around it, and then meninges, and then it's all encased in like fluid to pad it. So you need something that's going to be able to smash through all that stuff very reliably. <laughs> hmm. And I, I'd say you got to destroy the brainstem. So. Mm-hmm. I go with a mace, but I don't know where you'd get one of those. <laughs> a mace? Yeah, like a medieval weapon, right? Because yeah. that's what they use way yeah, back in the day. Yeah, because a gun would be like not very helpful then. Well, it would be like, super helpful. You'd have to have good shot, basically. Unless it's like a shotgun or something. It shoots everywhere. But yeah. the bigger problem is if they have an intact brainstem, then they have an intact uh, auditory response to sound. And that's what they keep saying yeah. in the show is they keep, somebody pulls out a gun because they're freaked out. They want to shoot and they go, no, 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 shh. 
we can't, we got to do it quiet. You're going to get more zombies to come over here. Ooh. So then somebody will run up with like a knife or a bat or something. And okay. I guess a bat's more quiet. <laughs> <laughs> and then they take out the zombie in, in this quiet manner. So that's when the, there's a lot of arguments like, oh, you need a samurai sword or you need this or that. I'd be worried about a sword or a knife not getting through yeah. the skull or something like that. But a mace is just like a big spiky bat. Yeah. So if you just work at them. a, you know, like a medieval uh, artifact museum in northern <laughs> Canada, then you are <laughs> about as safe as you can be. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a good, good take-home point. Yeah. So take-home message for the episode. Well, thank you for joining us today, Evan. Thanks for having me. If you'd like to learn more about our guests' research or the topics that were covered in today's episode, check out our website at cinemasciencepodcast.com. You can find us collectively on Twitter at CinemaSciCast, and you can find Heidi at PandaBumHot. Anne doesn't have a Twitter, but her dog Hubble sure does. You can find him at Hubble Gibson. Our intro and outro music was composed by Kagan Breitenbach. You can find more information about him at our website, but also check out his personal website at KaganBreitenbach.com. The first season of Cinema Science was graciously funded by the University of Utah's Neuroscience Initiative. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Bye.